0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Family Room. I'm John Gordon, and I'm here with co hosts Mari Cleveland. Hello, Mari. How are you? Hey, John. And Craig Wiesmeyer. Craig, how are you today?
1: Great, John. How about you?
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being with us. We have a genuine treat for you today, folks. We're going to do an interview with Mr. Randy Hain. Randy is a name that I think a lot of people recognize in Atlanta. He's one of our local folks. Randy is the founder and president of Servium Partners, and the co-founder of the Leadership Foundry, he, is a, 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 he has a successful career of over 25 years in senior leadership roles, corporate talent, executive search, and he's a sought-after coach for senior leaders at some of the very best companies in the U.S. Um, they're looking for someone who's going to give candid and expert guidance on how to identify and overcome obstacles uh, and develop a successful uh, leadership careers. He's an active community leader, and he serves on boards for causes for which he really cares, and Randy is uh, also a leader of the Faith at Work ministry at St. Peter Chanel and the co founder of Integrated Catholic Life e Magazine. Randy is an award winning uh, author of eight books. It would take me the rest of the segment to, to go through all of Randy's books. But we're going to talk today about essential wisdom for leaders of every generation. And we'll list on our, in our show notes on the website uh, all the other books that Randy has authored. There are seven of them, and they are excellent. I have personally given out several of them to uh, colleagues or family. They're just great resources. He and his wife, Sandra, have been happily married for 27 years and have two sons alex and ryan randy what did i forget
2: i think you nailed it i I really appreciate the overview and i'm grateful to be on the show today
0: thanks for being with us this is this is going to be a great opportunity before we really get everything cranking i would love to do as we traditionally do just start off with a prayer yes um Mari, would you do that for us?
3: Sure, I'd be glad to. So in the name of the Father and the Son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because you are the author of all wisdom. And Lord, we thank you for the fact that you tell us that All we have to do is ask, and you will provide us with the wisdom that comes straight from you, from your Holy Spirit, who you've given to live within each one of us. And so, Lord, today as we speak with Randy, we just thank you for the wisdom he's bringing to us and the ways that he's able to share godly wisdom with leaders of every generation and how essential that is for um, all of us today to hear and understand more about Um, Bless all of our listeners who are listening today and continue to be with each and every one of us. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 St. John Paul II. Pray for for us. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you again. That's beautiful. Way to start. Uh, Randy, interestingly, you've written a number of Catholic books specifically on faith. This is actually a business book interwoven with a lot of your Catholic background. Mm -hmm. And I found it interesting, your your intro to the book with all the people who've read it and comment on you is pretty impressive when you look at CEOs, CIOs, uh, professors, and you write a business book, but what I found interesting was leadership and life are about our one-on-one relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is critical to lead. Mm you even got called out as providing Solomon-like wisdom for the present age, which is really impressive. That's so, a compliment. Yes. C- Congrats on that one. Thank you. And throughout the book, like I said, it's a business book, but it talks about relationship, which in the family room, it's all about families and relationship, mm-hmm. authenticity, being real. What does that really mean? But in your own words, why did you write the book, if you don't mind telling our folks that? And you call yourself a business guy and a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of unwrap that for us as well?
2: Absolutely. Great questions. And uh, thank you for the, the kind words about the, the Ford and recommendations in the book. So, you know, I uh, I encounter uh, a broad spectrum of people out in the workplace. I get to go on college campuses. I get to see young college graduates in the workplace. But I also work every day with senior executives And as I, as I thought about all the coaching work I've done over the years and all the different leadership development things I've done, I wanted to put together a book that would encompass all of the great experiences and the lessons that I've been able to both learn, but also to share with others in a book. And I wanted something that was simple, clear, and actionable. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I read business books every day, and some of them are pretty dense and heavy and very strategic and theoretical, and some of them are very necessary and excellent books, but I wanted a book that you could read, put down, and go do something with immediately. I wanted something actionable, and I wanted something, as the subtitle says, that would speak to every generation. So this is something a 22-year-old and a 62-year-old could pick up and both find great value in. The other question, Craig, uh, which I'm glad you asked is, you know, why do I describe myself as a a business guy and a man of faith? Um, First and foremost, I consider myself to be a devout Catholic and I love our faith. Uh, And I show up every day authentically as the same guy. I'm the same guy at at work. I'm the same guy with my family, same guy in mass. Um, But when I show up in the business place, I am a Catholic man in the workplace. And I want to have people see our faith at work in me uh, and the things that I do every day at work. I want them to see Christ's light in me. I want them to see me acting out the beatitudes and trying to do things from in a virtuous from a virtuous perspective. So I show up and engage in the workplace, and I don't start out a conversation with "I'm Catholic." I'm Randy Hayne, <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. Um, But as I get to know people, we get into real personal discussions and we get to talk about faith, your faith, my faith, uh, those kinds of things. So I lead with just doing the right things at work, but eventually we get to that faith conversation.
1: That's great. That
0: is good. And, and, you know, maybe I didn't do a really good job on the front of this, Randy, to say, you know, why are we bringing Randy Hain into the family room? Mm -hmm. But you really answered that question for us well in, in your comments there, because You said it's essential wisdom for for leaders of every generation. Mm -hmm. We and and you it's not a heavy business book. It's it's very practical. I think when you asked my thoughts on that, I said, look, it's classic Randy, right? It's just good, practical, everyday, common sense uh, information well applied. And in the family room, when we're thinking about what is a conversation that you have with your kids as you send them off for their first job, Mm -hmm. off to college, into their own business, just and. The other thing that I think that I think Barb and I learned this when we were doing just uh, uh, adult or young adult education back in Charlotte is like once, especially the young boys, once they realized that Barb and I each had a job and and had serious responsibilities and were like legit walk in the world human beings and we loved God and Mm -hmm. we wanted to share that faith, Mm -hmm. the whole thing changed, right? And it became very credible. So you lay out for us. Um. Just some some really nice things. Now, having said all those nice things, I, I want to. <laughs> Here I wanna... we go. <laughs> the other shoes about to go.
3: aren't you glad you came on today? Oh, I'm
0: excited. <laughs> no, no, wait. Let me get through it. But one of the things that that we the three of us talk about, Randy, mm-hmm. um, Craig, and and Mari and myself, is like, hey, we we have this opportunity. We've been we've been moved to do these things. We think it's great to do this family room show. Mm-hmm. The fear is always that somehow a listener will conclude that we are like different than the average Catholic or different than the average Christian. Um, We'll give you three seconds here to think that thought. We won't blow your... Then then once you're done with that, we'll we'll tell you the truth, right? But really, um, how do you deal with the St. Randy Hain? Like, oh, that must be St. Randy Hain. He couldn't possibly, you know, wear sweatpants in the family room.
2: Well, I I find that interesting, and and I'm laughing inside at the the saint reference. I, I, like all of us, aspire to sainthood, but I'm so far from what I'm meant to be, so far from where I want to be. Uh, But I think it's because I recognize my failings and my struggles, and I've learned from them that... Maybe that's why I'm on the show today because I wrote a book that was, you know, from hard-fought lessons. I wrote all my work, all my speaking, right, everything I do is from lessons I've had in life and they weren't all great successes. Sometimes right. I really struggle. Right. So I struggle a lot. So uh if it gives your uh listeners encouragement, I'm not here to tell you that I'm Saint Randy. I'm just a guy who feels called to share in any way I can, whatever gifts God has given me. And I do it imperfectly in a, and probably poorly every day. But the thing is I keep trying right. and that's maybe the lesson.
0: That's great. That's th- thank you for that. I think that's, that's, that's something when Barbara and I have talked about the show, because if ever there's a person in the world who knows that I, the St. John moniker doesn't apply here, it would be Barbara. <laughs> and, but she, her, she reminded me, she said, John, when you're talking to people, remind them that it's okay to say, you know, as a couple, as an individual, <coughs> You've made bad decisions. You've chosen something that you thought was right, but it wasn't. And so, Mm -hmm. you you know, you fix it and move on. Right. And, And I think you've given us just really sound advice for that. So thank you for that. Sure.
3: You know, and that's why we're talking about wisdom today, too, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously we don't have that in our humanity. Now, I do have to stop for a second. I do see a halo over your head, John. So is that not true? No, that's, no.
1: that's my bald spot. I was going to say, <laughs> that's a reflection of my forehead as well. It just makes him... <laughs>
3: oh, but we appreciate you being authentic um, in that, Randy, uh, being authentic and in, in just admitting, yeah, I, I mess up. And we joke here on the show, too, we love having people come on because we're here to learn. We, we mess up yep. and we like to learn. And and So we're learning alongside our listeners each time. So authenticity—that's a big word. Um, I'm also a leadership consultant as well, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the buzzwords out there today: is authenticity and being people being authentic and making sure that um, people feel like they're heard and that that they're um, they're honored. And but sometimes when we say that, it seems a little hollow, maybe mm-hmm. 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 in that. And so I I I love the fact that you were talking about. Authentically Catholic and making sure that you've got authenticity being integrated. So mm-hmm. can you share a bit more about your thoughts on authenticity?
2: You know, I like where you started with um, talking about how maybe the, the world defines authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because the way I define authenticity, the way that I approach that word is I think it's being consistently the same person in all areas of Mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not one guy at work, one guy with my family, and one guy at mass. I'm the same guy. So if you ever read my business blogs or or see anything that's out there on LinkedIn in the work world, you'll hear me talk about my prayer life. You'll Mm -hmm. see me mention uh, faith. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do it consistently, and it's not for show. It's just who I am. Mm -hmm. So to me, being authentic is just being the same person all the time. But this is the challenge. I think that people um, are trained from an early age to separate the different areas of their life. Mm -hmm. I think we learned somewhere along the way, maybe in, in, Uh, high school, maybe in college, you need to separate personal from business. Mm -hmm. And it's just inherently dangerous and toxic, I think, to try to be two or three different people. So um, I have, uh, especially since I became Catholic and joined the church in 2006, have really, really worked at leading an integrated life. And I just try to be the same guy all the time.
3: Yeah. You know, and that's such a gift for the people in the workplace. You make me think of, I remember back in the day when I was full-time corporate workplace and I was the director of human resources. So, you know, you think about that kind of role and you think, oh, you've got to be very careful about what you share and Mm -hmm. all that. But I was the same way. I I talked about God because he was real to me and Mm -hmm. that just was who I am. I wasn't going to change that. And what I found that was interesting, I remember one day, um, our CFO was coming home, had gone home from work and had happened upon a terrible car accident on 285. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, my gosh, when I saw the car accident, I just felt this need. I wanted to pray with somebody. And this is not a woman who's normally a praying person. Sure. sure. And she said, I thought of you because I knew you could pray with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember that struck me and and was just a real resonating point for me to say, you know what, I need to keep being authentic. Like mm-hmm. you just said, I need to go ahead and live my faith out loud. Mm-hmm. No matter where I am, because I'm giving other people an opportunity to have that safe, wonderful, um, faith-filled place to come to when they're Mm -hmm. in a midst of a challenging or desperate or, or hurting situation. Yeah.
2: Can I share a true story with you? Of course, we would love stories. Very short story, but years and years ago, um, I've always, you know, to this day, I've always been someone that has tried to have authentic conversations and relationships with all of my clients. Mm -hmm. And I had one particular client that uh, I started working with. She was the chief HR officer of a very large company in Atlanta. You would all know the company. And we had the most stale business dry relationship. I couldn't crack the code. I tried everything. <laughs> I finally got her to agree to go to lunch and celebrate the end of our, our coaching project, or our engagement. So we're at, uh, we're at a restaurant and we're having lunch and the food co- and the food uh, waiter uh, comes over and takes our order. Um, and I'm just trying everything, every trick in the book to get her to open up and I'm getting nowhere fast. So finally the food arrives. And I said, as I've I've done really since I became Catholic, I said, I'm going to say a prayer. Would you like to join me? And before I closed my eyes as I was doing the sign of the cross, I noticed that she was making the sign of the cross. Mm -hmm. So I said a very quick Hail Mary. (laughs) I said, All right, we're going to go down this path. So she opened her eyes and she started to dig in her food. And I said, tell me which parish you go to. And she looked at me and it's that blank stare for 30 seconds. Like, is she going to get up and leave? Is she going to get upset? I don't know <laughs> uh-huh. where it's going to go. Right. She, and she named the parish here in Atlanta. And I said, tell me more. So for the next 30 minutes, you know, she slowly got going, but she opened up about singing in the choir. She taught PSR. She had a very strong devotion to the Blessed Mother. It was almost like uh, a palpable sense of relief. I could tell she mm-hmm. felt relieved to be able mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. So really, I said very little for 30 minutes. I was just uh, really into the conversation. And at the end of it, she looked at me and said... I've never done that before. Can we do it again soon? Aww. So uh, we get together regularly for, for lunch and coffee, but um, it was the sign of the cross mm. that unlocked a really wonderful conversation that was authentic and rooted in our faith. Yeah. And I've had many of those stories, but I thought your listeners would find that one interesting. Yeah,
3: that's neat. And just you invited the, Holy, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit into your conversation. Yes. Yes. And when I think of that, to me, authenticity is intimacy. It creates intimacy. Right. And that's what you got to see. That's amazing. That's yeah. great.
1: Now, you love, thank you for the personal story. And family, Uh, you're listening to AM 1160, The Quest Atlanta, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And we're here with Randy Hain talking about his latest book, Essential Wisdom for Leaders and Every Generation. Uh, It's funny that you ended the last segment like you did, because in your book, um, and I promise you I wouldn't cite chapter and verse, so I'm gonna just <laughs> Thank you. break it out. You just have to say yes. I remember writing that in my book. A um, oh, no. couple of things: greatness does not exist without simplicity, goodness, and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about living a simple life, living it honestly. As I said originally, leadership and life are about one-on-one relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about accompaniment all the time. Yes. And yes. you know how do we advance our faith? Mm -hmm. by being who we are with the people we live with every day. And um, there's an image that's come to mind recently that our lives are a garden. Mm -hmm. Our lives are the garden that God put us in. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to make those the Garden of Eden can be the Garden of Gethsemane at the exact same time. But in that garden, like Adam and Eve, God says, I want you to take care of this garden. He didn't say go into that garden over there where that guy or that job is. He said, take care of your garden, Mm -hmm. family, job, relationships, whatever. Well, I got to tell you, we're living in gardens a lot of times. There's a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. because I might have a cane in my garden that I am trying to figure out, okay, how do I rein this kid in? Or I might have, you know, somebody else in my life that I don't know what to do with. My kids may venture outside of my garden in the Catholic sense of the word. Mm -hmm. Applicability, if I can say that correctly without tying my tongue in knots, in In your book, a lot of people are concerned about family. How do we keep them in faith, get them in the faith? My kids are going off to college. Mm -hmm. Can you identify things or something in particular in your book, practically, that you would say, here's what's in my book that I think if you reference... sure." Kind of help keep the faith, develop the faith. I don't know if that makes sense, but. There
2: are two specific chapters, I think, that uh, that come to mind for me, but then I, I actually would add a little color to my answer. Please. I think the first two chapters, uh, the first one is uh, the need for a moral compass. That was actually the first chapter of the book. And to me, it all starts there. What's your true north? And I'm very candid in that chapter. My true north comes from my faith, the way my parents raised me, my life experiences, but most importantly, my faith. So I make decisions through the prism, through the filter of how I was raised in my faith. Um, I think the second thing uh, is the chapter on simplicity, living a simple life. Listen, I live in a complicated world just like you guys do, <laughs> yeah. and we have a tendency to make life really complicated sometimes. I try my darndest to go the other way and make it simple. Let's break it down. Let's keep it focused on the main thing. So as I think about your other point, which I think is the big question, is how do we um, help our kids in college? How do we help uh, those, uh, those young blessings that are in our lives that God has given us? And I think the real simple answer is we have to model our faith. We have to live out our faith as adults, as parents. If we want our children to follow us, we have to model it. So we need to go to mass every Sunday and we need to go to adoration and we need to honor the holy days of obligation. And we need to be on our knees uh, at prayer at night, every night. My wife and I knew that, you know, we were coming into the faith in our forties. And, you know, we wanted to really be good, strong practicing Catholics. And we said, you know, it's not that complicated. Uh, the church gives you all the tools, all the resources you need, and we just decided to follow the faith. And our kids have seen that as they've grown up. Mom and dad on their knees in prayer, and we go to Mass with joy. To me, that's how you keep your kids in the faith.
1: Man, that makes sense. And what I love about converts, you guys are authentic. You guys come in with the idea that, look at, I found something that's a treasure. It's a jewel, and I love it. And it's and the I truth. It, 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 100%. <laughs> And I think those of us that have grown up Catholic need to be reminded that sometimes because familiarity, you know, sometimes breeds contempt, as they say. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a beautiful faith. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Absolutely. So, Randy, if if folks have been listening to the show, um, you'll hear
0: what what we're about, what I'm about to say is this will be another time in all of the conversations that we've had where the The message has been put Christ at the center, mm-hmm. so you know we've 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 established that my halo is my bald spot, that none of us are saints,
2: and um, <laughs> I share your halo, <laughs> and
0: but but still, as broken as we are, that's that's the secret. And and you brought up something that's just we we haven't talked about your conversion story. Do you mind sharing a little bit? We've got some time before the break. I think about five minutes, maybe. Sure. I mean. What do you think? Absolutely.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, this is normally an hour long parish talk. I will try to do it as quickly as I can. <laughs> um, so here's the quick uh, thumbnail sketch of it. Um, I grew up as a Southern Baptist, uh, grew up uh, in a very faith-filled home. Uh, Mom and dad were Sunday school teachers. They, they walked the walk and talked the talk. In my late teens, I went through some intense rebellion. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to go to church anymore. I reject this. And my parents, as faithful as they were, um, I know it hurt them, but to their credit, they said, we know you're going to be back. We're going to pray about this. And we know it's going to, you'll be back soon. And and I think I thought I would be back soon. It was going to be, let me see, 23 years Mm. before I came back to any kind of faith. Wow. So I graduated high school. I went off to the University of Georgia. It was the most godless time of my life. I did the opposite of everything that my parents had taught me to do. Um, I would tell you that that would probably sound like a joy ride, but it was actually the most miserable, depressing time of my life. As I look back, it it wasn't the joy ride I thought it would be. When I graduated, um, I left behind a lot of the toxicity, a lot of the relationships, a lot of those things, and I threw myself into my career. And I would have described myself in college as an agnostic. But when I graduated, I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I was driving to work one day and I said to myself, yeah, I guess I believe in God. I guess I just believe you're there. I don't know what the reason was. I just sort of acknowledged that he was there. And thank Thank goodness that he is a father who watches after his children because he watched after me. And even though I wasn't following any kind of faith, my career blossomed and I met my future wife about five years later. She worked for the same company. Uh, We met, fell in love. And it's funny because I was a person with no faith, a non-practicing Baptist, and she was baptized Catholic but never confirmed. Hmm. So we got married in the Methodist Church because that's neutral territory. <laughs> <laughs> so we got married. Uh, my career continued to accelerate. And all I really focused on in a very you know, secular fashion was work and career and my family. And they were I'd like to tell you they were equal, but it was probably more work than it was family. And faith was nowhere to be found. So the years progressed. Uh, we had our first son. I was working for a very well-known restaurant company as the VP of people. I was an officer at a very young age, um, but I traveled 80%. I was gone all the time, never saw my family. And I finally said, you know, I wasn't raised this way. My dad was the guy that coached my sports teams. Mom was there every night and I, I'm not being that kind of father. So reluctantly, uh, ego got in the way, but reluctantly I, I said, I, I need to leave. And it was not easy to leave, but I went to a very, very small company that had a greater, a better lifestyle. And they brought me in as the managing partner in my second week in the company. Um, my wife and I got a diagnosis, um, for our oldest son, um, that he had high functioning autism mm-hmm. and we knew it in our hearts but when we heard the words it was devastating and we just sat there for 10 minutes we could we had we had no words um but after that we kind of looked at each other again and said you know it's not about us it's about what our son needs and we threw ourselves into his care and development but something happened in that diagnosis that's very connected to your question about my journey um men tend to have a wall around their hearts at least that's my experience 100% and something caused a crack in that wall during that i think god used alex's diagnosis to get through that that uh that wall and as the years progressed family was thriving we had our second son my career was thriving but god was working on me just a little bit at a time and i began to understand and feel that i was missing something the years progressed and it bef- it became a really profound thought that why am I not happy? I've got a great wife, a great family. My work is fantastic. Why am I not happy? So we get to the age, I'm at the age of 40 and these feelings are dominating my thoughts. I just can't stop thinking about it. And I didn't want to tell my wife because I didn't want her to think it was her. It had yeah. nothing to do with her really. It was just me wrestling with the question. Yeah. So, um, we moved to a new home. We lived in North Georgia and moved into Roswell near here. And we were in our new house about a week, boxes everywhere. And my wife comes up to me one day and said, I want to talk to you. Do you have a minute? And guys, that is not (laughs) what you want your wife (laughs) to say. And I'll never forget. She had one foot pointed towards me and one towards the door, like she was going to run out. Uh And she said, I want to talk to you about I'm like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I've screwed up something. She said about joining the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if you'll go on the journey with me.
3: And that is a great place. We're going to hold you right there because we are heading to a break. And listeners, hold on. We'd love to make you sit on the edge of your (laughs) seats. If you are just tuning in, you're here in the family room on AM 1160, The Quest. We'll be right back.
1: This is Archbishop Gregory John Hartmeyer, Archbishop of Atlanta. And you're in the family room on AM 1160, The Quest.
0: You can take AM 1160 The Quest with you no matter the location. Listen live any time of day, discover community resources, and submit prayer requests at thequestatlena.com. AM
2: 1160 The Quest is listening to you too. One listener shared.
3: Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across
2: Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com.
0: AM 1160 The Quest is your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and
2: inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. One listener shared...
0: The Quest helps me grow my faith every day I listen. Every day I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me through the Quest. If I have a question, it seems like the answers come to me through this Catholic radio station in a timely manner. I enjoy the programming, and yes, it has changed me. It's definitely changed me. None of this would be possible without listeners just like you. We are a 100%
2: listener-supported station. A donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses. Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com. Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the priests serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessings of our priests who represent you on this earth make them more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through them as they minister the sacraments and help them to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every mass that is celebrated please strengthen them so that they may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock may we support the priest in the diocese of atlanta by offering them kind words deeds and assistance We thank you, God, for the gift of your priest. Allow them to remain an example of your truth and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen.
1: This is Phil Johnson from Transfiguration
2: Catholic Church in Marietta, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. One, two, three,
0: four.
2: This is Father John
0: Klein. And Emily Roman. Of the Radom Christi, Christi Music, Music collective. collective. And we thank Mari, John, and Craig for a great show. ba da ba da da da
2: da Join us in the family room.
0: Welcome back, everybody. You're in the family room on AM 1160, the Quest Atlanta. You're at Atlanta Catholic Radio, and we're talking to Randy Hayne. We're talking a little bit about his book, Essential Wisdom for Leaders of Every Generation. But we were really neck deep in his conversion story. And Randy, it's a it's a compelling, it's a moving story. And so, and we cut you right off at the break. But it was, I think, if I can get us back in in the mood, so to speak. Um, Sandra had said to you what every man wants to hear, um, Randy. I, I think we need to talk. <laughs> And I'll let you have it from there.
2: So uh, my wife did ask me that question and and, uh, I was nervous, uh, but she shocked me and said, um, I want to I want to look at joining the Catholic Church. And I'm like, uh, where did this come from? (laughs) And she said, I have been feeling for the last year or two uh, that I'm missing something. And uh, as I told you earlier, my wife was baptized Catholic, never confirmed. She went to Boston College and she had a very faithful Catholic roommate uh, named Sue. And uh, Sue had been speaking to her and really pouring into her and really helping her understand uh, her faith that she never really had as as a young person. So she said, I want to go explore this more with Sue's urging, but I can't do it. and won't do it without you. And I gave her the most typical male answer. I said, that sounds great. I need a couple of weeks to go study that. (laughs) She's like, what, huh? I said, I need a couple of weeks to go study that. I don't know anything about it. I grew up a Baptist. I have no knowledge about the Catholic Church. I want two weeks. And she said, but I said, but I promise you I'll talk about it. So I took two weeks and went to the library in Barnes and Noble. And I grabbed every book I could on the faith uh, that I could find. And I was blown away by what I read. And a couple of quick conclusions came out of this. You you can't study the Catholic faith in two weeks, but I tried to do my best. (laughs) So what I came back with was, okay, um, the historical grounding of this really appealed to me because I'm a very history-oriented person. I I got got the depth and breadth of it. But what really got me was I told one person in my circle about my journey, and I did not know he was Catholic. And he said, Randy, I want you to go read John 6. And I'm not going to tell you why. I just mm-hmm. want you to go read it. And I'm like, John 6, where is that? Like, so <laughs> Come I on, went... you
3: were Baptist. You knew where John 6
2: was. <laughs> so I read it, and I'm reading the discourse on the Eucharist. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't the Ritz cracker and Welch's grape juice we had in the Baptist church. This mm. is the body and blood of Christ. And I said, that's profound and blows me away. Mm. And I came back to my wife. To my, you know, two weeks later, and I said, Okay, we need to go find someone. I think they call them priests. Let's go find one.
1: <laughs> so we went around the street corner, just go grab that guy.
2: <laughs> We went up to St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church at 3.30 in the afternoon. We, uh, my sister in law was visiting, and she was able to watch our boys. And we walked into the narthex, and there was at the time Father Frank McNamee yeah. mm-hmm. with that thick Irish brogue of his. And uh, we told him we were interested in the Catholic Church. And he said, Come into my office. So we uh, went in and he gave us about 90 minutes and talked to us about what it meant to be Catholic, what it meant to be a Catholic couple, Catholic parents, gave us seven or eight books to read, including the catechism, which I'm still trying to work my way through. (laughs) And he said, I want you to come back this time next week. And for seven weeks, this wonderful Catholic priest gave us about an hour every Monday afternoon Wow! and helped us accelerate our journey into the church. It was a primer course on on the faith. So at the end of the summer, to bring the story to a close, I was about 75% of the way there. Intellectually, I got it. I totally got it. Made sense but I'm a business guy and I was like making a checklist like, okay, we need to join the church. And I was being very clinical about it. My wife was probably at 125% because she got it because she's smarter than me. And she also had been talking to Catholic women in her neighborhood. Half our neighborhood goes to St. Peter Chanel, talking to Sue, getting fed by these mm-hmm. wonderful people. She was definitely farther along. I was intellectually there, but I didn't have it in the heart. Mm-hmm. So, we made these decisions, okay, we're going to join the church. You're going to join. You're going to go through RCIA first, honey, and then I'm going to come in in the second class. So you're going to come in at Easter of 06, and I'm going to come in at Feast of Christ the King. Very <laughs> clinical checklist. But, well, the next Sunday, we decided we want to go to Mass as a family. We know we can't take communion, but we want to go to Mass. So at 7 o'clock, I wake up, and my wife is shaking me. She said, are you sick? Now, what are you talking about? Why, well, I why didn't we mean sick. And she said, you look awful. You look awful, like you're like you're sick. And I have, I have heart issues in my family, and I knew why she was asking. So I get up, and I look in the mirror, and I'm white as a sheet, and I'm sweating like a pig, and my arms seem to be trembling. Hmm. And I'm like, nah, I don't feel sick. I just feel weird. But let's get the kids ready. We're going to go to 9 o'clock mass. And what was going on was those feelings of being lost that I'd had for 15 years were just... They all came home to roost that day. Like I felt so lost. Hmm. So we get to mass first 10 minutes of mass. We're standing, kneeling, getting, you know, going through and I'm, I'm not paying attention to anything I'm hearing. I'm completely in my own head. And I remember distinctly thinking, I give in, I surrender Jesus. I need you to lead me. I'm done. I can't, I can't lead. I can't do my own thing anymore. I need you to be in charge. And I remember feeling this incredible unburdening, like this huge weight was off my shoulders. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever felt. Never felt anything like it. So we get home, and I'm telling my wife the story. And you have to appreciate my wife's sense of humor. She can be very cynical, (laughs) very, very good sense of humor. And she listens very carefully, and she said, that is great. I don't know who you are. But I'd like to know where my husband was <laughs> Because I was like all in for the Catholic Church. I like, this, is, this is amazing. So the next day, and I'll finish my story, um, I met with uh, Deacon Mike, who mm-hmm. was just beginning a relationship with Deacon Mike. And uh, we were meeting to talk about my journey into the church. And I tell him the story. And he starts laughing. And I'm like, what is with you people? First, it's my wife. And now it's you. <laughs> and he said, Randy, don't you know that was the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Don't you know?
1: Yeah.
2: And I said, I don't know, but I need you to teach me. And that began a journey that has been uh, an incredible blessing. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, sharing. thank you yeah, very that much. Is that is wonderful. That is moving.
3: You know, and part of that authenticity you talked about earlier, if you can authentic- authentically share that with, I'm sure you do already, mm. but I think about with our kids, we were just talking about how do we keep our kids in the mm. faith? Greg yeah. asked yeah. about that. Mm. If we share with them those types of stories that we've had where we've been touched by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit, God's mm-hmm. come in and connected that head and heart. I think that's so powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also, you know, everything you've talked about is accompaniment. Somewhere along the way, somebody touched you, mm-hmm. at your heart, you touched somebody's heart. And I think um, authenticness, authenticity, we've lost it in today's society, because it's all about how do I look great on a, post somewhere my life is awesome mm-hmm. and very few people are willing to pull down that facade men in particular and kind of go you know what i'm a mess today randy and i need to talk to you about something mm-hmm. and i think that you're bringing it home to Ruth that you know it's about relationships put down your phone pick up the phone call somebody get together with people live a life together in community and really be with people mm-hmm. and walk that walk of faith which i think is awesome and you've detailed it really well Thank you.
2: You know what's interesting about that, and it's just something that's relevant, is I remember when I first came into the church, you said earlier the zeal of the convert. Mm-hmm. I felt very strongly that what I needed to do was start writing Catholic books and travel all over the country to speak. And I did. Uh, I wrote a number of Catholic books and I spoke, and I really felt like I was serving the Lord and the church. And I know, I, I know in my heart that it made a difference. But you know what, as I, as I look back, maybe that was me, you know, saying, Lord, I'm going to do this. Will you validate my decision? (laughs) So about five or six, seven years ago, I really started praying in earnest about what are you really calling me to do? And, um, you know, I, I I don't know if God always speaks in our ear, but what I felt strongly after this long period of prayer in front of the blessed sacrament was it's the individual encounters. Randy, you're a, a coach and a consultant, and you have an opportunity as in those roles as a husband, a father, as a community servant, to individually encounter people every day. That's where I'm calling you. Mm-hmm. To your point about relationships, I think, you know, getting in front of someone and not being afraid to be a hot mess. Yeah. And invite them to do the same is mm-hmm. the best way
1: to build an authentic relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's in that authenticity truth comes out. And now in your book you talk about confronting people. You know, in a business setting, but we need to do it in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to hold me accountable when you see me acting like an idiot somewhere I shouldn't be, which is more often than I like to admit. But, um, but I do, I do think that's where again you talk about simplicity, truth, all those basic fundamentals of Christ are living the life day to day, right where we are, and challenging each other to be better. You talk about greatness. You know, what is greatness? I think you say it's not doing what we want to do. It's what we're ought to do. We're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's a big challenge because I don't want to do half the things that Christ calls me to do. Mm-hmm. It hurts. I got to give up. I got to do whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the influence for that, quite frankly, is Pope St. John Paul II. I mean, I think he's the one who really, you know, formulated that thinking. And I'm just trying to echo what, what he taught us with his writings. That was great. Mm-hmm. And
0: And at the risk of taking just a Touch lighter approach to this, Randy. There are two really... There's something for everybody in the family room. Husbands, you need to be impressed with Randy. He got two weeks to think about something. (laughs) (laughs) He got it done. Wives... Be grateful. He kept his commitment. After two weeks, he came back and did it. So, Randy, you're the man. <laughs> Nicely done. But So, let's go. We we always ask our guests mm-hmm. about their favorite family room memory. Mm-hmm. So, Randy, tell us the Hain family room, whether it's the Hains mm-hmm. of your growing up, your youth, or the Hains of today. What is the favorite family room memory?
2: You know, uh, there's one from my childhood uh, and my parents that we always prayed together at every meal. We always prayed. And even when I didn't appreciate it, I look back with fondness on the fact that my mother and father never forgot to give thanks. And they did it in other in every other area of their lives as well, but prayer at meals. And in my own family and in my own work, you know, always praying over meals. But I think the thing that sets... The memory that's really distinct for me now is every night since my wife and I converted, we pray on our knees as a family. And our boys have grown up seeing that. And uh, we are, we will not go to bed until we have all prayed. I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care what you're doing. We're going to get on our knees and pray before we go to bed. And we all pray and we all take our turns in the prayer routine. But we do it and we do it faithfully. And it's a, it's a family staple. Mm-hmm. You're putting Christ at the center again. It's where he it belongs. Amen.
0: Amen. So great.
3: So listeners, if you're just tuning in, you are here. You're joining us here in the family room here on AM 1160, The Quest. And we are with Randy Hain. And Randy, you just shared with us some very practical um, advice of mm-hmm. how you have um, continued to just live out your faith authentically mm-hmm. so that in a way that your your kids see it, the way that the people around you see it, Where, like you said, this is who you are no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um and whether you're in a work meeting and about mm-hmm. to ask things before a meal or, or you're at home, what are some other practical, um, tangible things that you can offer as advice for our listeners? That's one of the things we'd like to do here on The Family Room is we always say we are trying to support you as much as possible to live out this faith-filled life and to mm-hmm. um, really bring – have the – Support the domestic church and have Mm. that kingdom of God that begins at home, what are some of the practical things that you would share with people to live that authentic faith um, daily?
2: Thank you for that question. And a lot of these things I wrote in my first book, The Catholic Briefcase, Tools for Integrating Faith and Work. One of them that's been a a staple for me is uh, something called the daily examine. And the examine, uh, it was, uh, it was formulated by a, a Jesuit priest years ago, but it's five Uh, times during the day, I pause and pray um, for 90 seconds. Uh, I believe it's 6.45 a.m., 10 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 p.m., and 9 p.m. And these are on my calendar and are always on my calendar. So I'm reminded to pause and pray in Our Father and think about and reflect on who has God placed in my life today? Um, How can I pray for someone else? I'm always given something specific to do. But these five times a day, I'm I'm taken out of that secular world and forced to pray and think and reflect and try to be a a, a person of faith in the day. I think... um, Something else uh, is the heroic minute. Uh, I think St. Jose Maria Escriva uh, talks about the heroic minute. And before my feet hit the floor in the morning, um, uh, I do a morning offering. Um, I pray for the Blessed Mother's intercession. Pray to St. Joseph. um, You know, whatever the intentions are of the day, I don't let my feet hit the floor until I've said that prayer. So that's a really helpful way to start the day. I also am a big believer. We talked earlier about the integrated life. I like to multitask. So I have a, I, I have a busy life. So when I'm exercising, especially when I do a two-mile walk at the end of the day, is I like to pray my rosary. Uh, and and I get exercise and I do a rosary and then I phone is off and then I just reflect and pray and think about the blessings in my life. So that forced exercise rosary uh, ritual is very powerful for me. Um, and then just really trying to make sure that every time I'm having a meal, I don't care who you are, we're going to say a prayer. And I do it, I I don't do it in an obnoxious way. It's like, hey, John, I'm going to say a prayer. Would you like to join me? I'm inviting you. Now you may choose not to, almost no one has actually said no. I don't think they ever have, but I'm going to say a prayer. Would you like to join me? I'm not really worried about your judgment. I'm more worried about his. Amen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's interesting. I have friends who don't have a faith, but they're so used to me doing that that I notice now that even if I only get together with them once every six months or once a year, Mm -hmm. they'll pause before we start a meal because they know that I'm going to do that. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's really neat because they respect that and it's never been an issue.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. You seem to have a broader view on life, Randy, than just it's my job. It's, you know, what's in front of me right now seems to be pointed a lot towards heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, um, you you and I talked a little bit before the show, in your coaching, in what you're doing, you're running into executives that have been on that treadmill. Again, it's not just executives. I think everybody gets on a treadmill where um, we've either created our own priority, and you said it earlier, God, I'm going to go do this for you, and God really hasn't ordained that for you to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or it's the executive that's like, I gotta grind, grind, grind. This is my vocation. Mm-hmm. And in essence, that's living life backwards, um, which is kind of interesting. I I've said once before, if you take live, L-I-V-E, and you say if you live your life backwards, mm-hmm. take live and spell it the other way. It's E-V-I-L. You've you've lived in an evil mm-hmm. manner. And if you've lived that way, you've served the devil, not yourself, or not God, I should say. But anyway, when you look at that, you're seeing a lot of anxiety, though, with all of us that are like, I'm doing everything I should be doing for God, for everybody else, when in essence, we're really not. We're doing it for the wrong reason. And you make a comment that you know your job exists to support your family and your vocation, not the other way around. Your life isn't geared toward that. Can you talk about that in the context of not just in a business setting, but also living our lives in the right order. I know that's not exactly clear, but...
2: Well, you know, I I think the best kind of wisdom is hard-fought wisdom. And I lived for many, many years where my family did make sacrifices for my work. My family did exist to support my career. And I look back on that time before I had faith at the early stages of my career and... I had success, but I was failing as a husband and a father. I wasn't, I wasn't putting them first. And as I as I grew older and as uh, as I came into the church, I really got my head around this very simple concept: it's God, family, and work in that order. Okay, and uh, my work is a distant third, but it's always thrived because I put God and family first. So I only came into that wisdom because I'd been on the other end, failing miserably at it. So um, I believe strongly to exactly what you just said, that my family uh, is, is definitely going to come ahead of my work and God comes before everything.
1: And in that, you know, going back to those of us who serve in the church in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it takes an inordinate balance away from our family. Mm-hmm. How do we order our lives in that regard to I'm, God, I'm serving you every day, mm-hmm. but yet my family's suffering, but I'm going, but I'm doing this in the church. I'm doing that in the church. I'm doing all these things.
2: I think the answer, again, is the word integration. See, I don't think those things exist in a vacuum. If I'm going to serve the church faithfully, do it with your family. Let's go pray together. Let's go to adoration together. Let's go to mass together. Let's pray together. Uh, So instead of thinking about, okay, I've got to have my church life, and I've got to go do my best for the church and God, and then I've got to come home and do my family, why don't we bring those things together? Let's worship together. Let's pray together together. Um, and then take it a step further. I want to live out my faith in the workplace. How can I integrate my faith into my daily work practices? People look at that and they're like, oh, I can't do that. Well, they don't have a good enough understanding, I think, of yeah. the different ways we can do it. We've talked about a number of those examples today.
1: Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. And quite honestly, when you say simplicity, mm-hmm. it really is, folks. Let's simplify our lives. Let's quit saying yes to everything and really sit down in front of God once in a while and say, what do you really want me to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and I think sometimes looking at we we're talking about being thankful. You know, Randy, you talked about wanting to always make sure you're giving thanks that your parents gave you a great example of being thankful. I think if we look at the gifts that God's given us and we're thankful for them, then mm-hmm. he'll order it as well. Right. So he mm-hmm. gave you your family. So that's one of the greatest gifts 100%. he probably gave you. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's giving you your you your priorities by the various blessings he's giving you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Randy, uh, we, we've not got a ton of time left, um, but you you have – in the bio, we talked about the eight books that you've written. Mm-hmm. But I know from our other conversations, you have a lot of different things that, that you use and, and to just engaging people on a lot of different fronts. Maybe um, are there specific resources, like if you said, hey, for the listeners, these would be some things and, – and we'll make sure that they show up in our show notes and sure. stuff – but just while we're together now, what what tools, resources would you like to share um, that you think would be valuable?
2: You know, the, the works that have had the most profound impact on my faith formation and my spiritual journey um, are, are the books uh, In Conversation with God mm. by Father Francis Fernandez. Mm-hmm. I uh, was given those books by a dear, dear friend named Jim Shippers yeah. uh, in 2007. And I still read those books every day. Uh, profound wisdom, but it's to me, it's at the heart of how to lead an integrated life. How do you live out your faith in the ordinary life and, and task of the day? So to me, that is the number one recommendation without hesitation. And I think all the works of Saint Jose Maria. Uh, I'm a i am love the the way and the and the work of Opus Dei. I think it uh, chives it, it brings everything we've been talking together to, uh, to together very nicely today. Um, I love, uh, I love the work of, uh, Pope St. John Paul II. Um, you know, there's so many we could spend the rest of the show talking about, but I would start with father Fernan- father Francis Fernandez's books in conversation with God. To me, that's a, a wonderful resource.
0: I actually got Barb that set as a gift for Christmas up, uh, up at two hearts. It's a great, it's mm-hmm. a great set. Well, set. <laughs> um, and it does exactly what you said. It really does. Even prayer, um, mm-hmm. Like prayer, like your work is a prayer. Yes, uh, and th- that that's great. The other, I think the other piece that um, that I uh, I wanted just to back up for a second on uh, it's a it's a combination of all those things. It's you know evangelization. It's organizing your life. A while ago, you and I talked in the secular sense about use of a calendar. And I've always tried to be a really organized mm. guy, and to some degree uh, successful. But one of the things that I did is I just I went cold turkey as you said, on everything went on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And I discovered something. When I put things about St. Peter Chanel on my work calendar, and when I put the daily examine at those times on my calendar, my administrative assistant and my team all have access to my calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then the questions come, <laughs> what is this? So f- first off, what is SPCCC or whatever? Is? No, that's St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church. And what is this, you know, this examine, or what is this find God in all things? Or, and and it actually was an opportunity oh, I love it. to evangelize. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that.
2: Sure. No, I, listen, I, the calendar is a wonderful resource. And one quick thing about that. Most business people are great at putting the business things on their calendar. Right. But then our personal lives and our faith lives get the scraps left over. Mm-hmm. Make faith and family prominent. Make it live on the calendar. It's likely to get done. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So Randy, we've got about two minutes left and we would love to have you give you a chance to have any final words for our listeners. And then if you'll also just close our time together in prayer
2: for our listeners too. Sure. You know, if there's anything from our conversation today, by the way, I'm so grateful just to be on the show. I've enjoyed the conversation is uh, just remember the very simple uh, uh, guidance that I'll give you that I've learned uh, over my faith journey is that we're all made for heaven, not this world. And let's act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Every Every day we have a chance to make progress towards heaven. So that would just be my encouragement to your listeners. Hopefully that was a theme of our conversation. And I'd be happy to close this. That would be like, great. Thanks. Thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the so Holy, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord, we're so grateful to come together as people of faith. Uh, I ask that you bless uh, bless the people in this room, bless the listeners, uh, bless uh, the Quest Catholic Radio and their wonderful uh, evangelical work. Help us to uh, be more faithful, to be more focused on serving you, to live out our faith every day. And Lord, in a very simple way, I hope everybody that's listening today will think about their journey towards heaven and what they can do to make progress. It's not about being perfect. It's about perfecting your faith and about being focused on that journey. And some days it's a journey of inches, and that's okay. Let's just make progress. And Lord, let us all be the light of Christ to everyone we encounter today. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: Amen. So, Randy, thank you so much. Um, Wonderful to be with you today. And thank you for blessing our listeners so much. And listeners, we look forward to seeing you again here next week on The Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us in The Family Room.
1: For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.